A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Extra Bits, our little gift for you podcast subscribers with me, Harriet Minter, and this week, Amanda Prowse and Scarlett Douglas. We're meeting two women who are literally writing the book on social media etiquette. Is it making your life better or worse and why? They've got the answer. We're joined by Naomi Shimada and Sarah Raphael to talk about their new book, Mixed Feelings. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Social media. Do you love it or hate it? Do you sit there counting the likes on your Instagram posts or arguing with trolls on Twitter? And if you do, do you know what the impact is actually on your mental health? Well, our next guests think they do. Um, Naomi Shimada and Sarah Raphael have written a book. The It's called Mixed Feelings, Exploring the Emotional Impact of Our Digital Habits. Welcome to Badass Women's Hour. Thank you for having us. <laughs> oh, you're both so polite. Thank you. Uh, Sarah, what was it that made you think we need a book that properly points out what social media is doing to us? Many things. Um, <laughs> one of which was the fact that we were having these conversations with our friends all the time and all the conversations we overheard were about these topics. Um, I think so many people use social media and it's a solitary ex experience. You're looking at your phone on your way to work or in you know in bed before you go to sleep and all these things we're experiencing are we're isolated. Alone. Yeah. We're isolated, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. everyone's feeling them. Yeah. So we really wanted with the book to start a conversation around these topics and to kind of, you know, it, we've written chapters ourselves, but we have loads of essays with other women and interviews and, and group Q &A discussions. And exactly, yeah. Naomi, you've got sort of tens of thousands of followers on social media. Presumably you love it then. I mean, the book is called Mixed Feelings for a reason. <laughs> I think to have a smartphone and any kind of social media profile in this day and age is to have mixed feelings about it. There's... Mm good and bad and I think that's what makes it so tricky because to be alive and to be connected to people now you know everyone is using social media it's like do you want to sit in a dark hole by yourself or do you want to be a part of the world because that's what it feels like it feels like you're a part of the world and that's what's so great about it is also that you have you can be connected to the rest of the world so instantaneously in a way you have access that we've never had before so my whole career has been you know really built on social media which is you know I've been privileged enough to shoot huge campaigns travel all over the world meet so many great people but it also has had a different kind of effect on my life in a way that I'm not always comfortable with you know as I've been a model for 15 years for me I used to just be able to My job used to mean just going to a photo shoot, having my picture taken, coming home. But now you really are the product. You are selling yourself, the essence of who you are. And, you know, that that 
is a complicated feeling sometimes, you know, because brands aren't just coming to you for an image. They're coming to, you know, access your audience even, you know, yeah. to sell them things. Essentially, at its core, let's call it what it is. It's capitalism magnified, you know. So and that comes and I sometimes have discomfort about that, you know, and I'm also selling a lifestyle that isn't always attainable to everyone and pretending it's normal. And those are extra pressures then put on you, right? Yeah, yeah. and I don't always feel comfortable about that mm-hmm. because you're only seeing an, a curated version of my life. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes, I don't think there's enough room for the human experiences, you know, the good, bad, the ugly that also happen. So that's what our book is really about is like, you know, when social media is a place for projection and pretense you know everyone is living their best life like we really break down in the book what what does that even mean Mm -hmm. you know so I think you know to sell an idea of success it doesn't look the same to everyone success doesn't feel or look the same to everyone but on Instagram it does Mm -hmm. so we're conditioned to think that you know being happy just looks like this when happiness can mean so many different things to all of us but there isn't enough room for that on social media it's a culture of kind of visible success and visible popularity and even you know from work to like wellness culture and lifestyle and beauty particularly all of these topics that have become you know homogenized and everyone feels like they're trying to meet the same standards which are the pictures that get loads of likes on instagram and kind of selling these dreams and that has a huge impact and some people like naomi you know attract loads of followers because she has Mm a great energy on Instagram, but other people are posting these pictures, trying to emulate that kind of thing, mm. and then really struggling because they're not getting that um, Because it's not authentic, feedback. is it? And it's not authentic. Mm. Exactly. No, we're selling authenticity, you know, yeah. and I don't want to make people feel bad about their own lives, you know? So mm. I think there's a, there's a big discussion that also just needs to happen. And both me and Sarah, you know, claim throughout the book, we don't have the answers. But I think at least when you're having these feelings, like Sarah said, in isolation... Yeah. At least it makes you feel less alone. Mm-hmm. I think it's like great you feel you're having that. the discussion. I think yeah, it's a dis- the discussion is really important. None of us have the answers. All this technology is so new. Well, we haven't lived it, have we? That's the no. Point. Mm-hmm. We haven't lived it. We've never had. You know what? We we also learnt from this book that we always talk about is that even though we wrote a book thinking we wrote a book about social media, we actually wrote a book about what it means to be human, the human condition. Because you know, as humans, we've always, you know, over the ages compared ourselves to other humans yeah. mm-hmm. and we felt things like jealousy and you know and envy yeah and like also seven, the comparison the comes sins. from survival right yeah. you know who's gonna build the best shelter <laughs> who's gonna kill the best cow you know so we're now just doing that on an extremely magnified level where you can see what everybody over the world is doing we're not supposed to have access to this much information and to see what you're what you're doing in in you know to put that under such yeah. scrutiny to put up your own life and then to look back at your own feed and think you know have all these feelings about pictures of yourself and what you've done and your achievements and to mm. kind of keep on referring back to that we're looking at ourselves and everyone in our peripheral vision in such detail and yeah i i, I think we should be focusing more on Do you how think we feel in our own sometimes lives. post because they haven't posted for a while and there's a pressure to do so rather oh, than definitely. I've got something great to say I yeah. mean that isn't that turning it on, the, on its whole head though well there's a weird a weird culture of saying so sorry I haven't posted for a yes. few days yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what what are you apologizing for you've been yeah. having a life how lovely <laughs> Sarah what's your favorite Black Mirror quote that you always talk about the please authentic authenticate oh, my existence yeah <laughs> Charlie Bricker said 
everything, every st- uh, statement uttered on social media could be replaced by the words, please authenticate my existence. <laughs> yeah. I think it's that's like so if you're true. not posting, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still alive? Should we be worried about you? I have people no. doing that. I, I, I'm on Instagram. That's probably the one I use the most. And I do post every day at least if I can. There have been times when I've not posted and people are like, is everything okay, Scarlett? You okay, hon? I'm like, I'm good, I'm just, I'm just working. Like, I'm away in the sunshine, I want to enjoy this without doing it through my phone. But okay, I'll post a picture for you tomorrow so you know I'm still here. Um, but it is, it's just so much pressure. And we were mentioning in, mentioning this earlier and, you know, a younger generation's coming up and the pressure's on them to be cool and to be liked and, you know to be popular and famous and it's just I couldn't do it at such a young mm-hmm. age like even now as a 32 year old woman I'm still looking at other people's pages and like well, why am I not doing what they're doing I'm not as successful as them and you think hang on a second stop yeah you're seeing what they want you to see and also as you said look back on your feed mm-hmm. and think oh actually no I am doing well like the other day I was like oh this person gets to travel all the time for work and I was like hang on a second I definitely <laughs> travel all the time for work and you see stop yeah. and you look through but and you you're think, your desires are fueled by what you're exposing yourself to on social yes. media. So, you know, your measures was, change. Yeah. Everyone was talking about echo chambers, how many years ago that became a popular phrase. Mm. And it's still the same. And the people we follow, we look at their lifestyles and think, maybe I should be doing that. Maybe I should be doing that job. And we might not necessarily want these things if we weren't yeah. looking at them, mm-hmm. but it impacts our desires. I think I, I think about the next generation and kind of Gen Z and how they'll be affected because all the headlines imply that it's, you know, it's going to destroy them, social media. Mm. But I was recently looking on TikTok, the, um, like, dancing and lip-syncing. Yeah. I sound like a grandma I, already. I, I have know. downloaded that this week, and it is just, A, I've bombarding me it. with notifications. And also, I watched it, and I was like, oh, the kids are not okay. We need to help the kids. <laughs> the kids are, are not, not okay. <laughs> but... There is a hashtag on TikTok, uh, which is hashtag cringy and hashtag awkward. And there's loads of iterations of these hashtags. And it's all about teenagers, like, deliberately awkward dancing in their bedrooms and reliving those <laughs> moments, those excruciating moments you have when you're 13 and you're dancing around, like, to blue with blue lipstick on or something. And they're doing that on social media. And I thought that was actually quite hopeful because yeah. it's, like, it's not the, you know, the perfect untainable lifestyles and the perfect selfies and all these other things that are more prominent on Instagram. They're, like, re- claiming being an awkward teenager but then my worry about that again is are they only doing it because the mass is doing it and they feel yeah. like they have to do it to fit in that's that's my worry but is that at least a healthier way to have fun than playing on facetune and making you think that you need fillers for true. example yeah. Yeah. it's a bit more yeah. innocent yeah. of a version yes, very true it is there but i was like watching some of this and i was like oh my god you i mean Full credit to them. They are working hard. They are basically (laughs) building their own media brands on TikTok before school. Like, it's like... I'm sitting here in silence because I have no idea what anything you're talking about. I didn't know what it was. But I was watching one girl and she was doing... They basically do kind of uh, lip syncing to songs, but then they put funny quotes on it or they might do it in a funny style. And... One girl was like, if I don't get 50,000 likes on this, I'm not going to school. I was like, you have to go to school and get an education. Yeah. Oh, my God. Quite a good marketing strategy, though. (laughs) (laughs) She really does know her brand. (laughs) Clearly. But do you think different platforms are kind of influencing us in different ways? Because when we talk about social media platforms, Instagram is very pretty and, you know, it's all everything is happy everything is our highlight of success but then when we go to twitter 
it's full on anger all the time. Yeah, it's the wrath end of the seven deadly sins. (laughs) Um, I find Twitter really difficult. And as a journalist, it should be the place I'm most comfortable. And, you know, it's where my people congregate and kind of share opinions and disagree. But I find it such an uncomfortable space. Like, it's so loud. However, so many positive things have happened from Twitter. I mean, Me Too Mm -hmm. happened from a tweet. And, you know, it has achieved a lot, but... Again, you know, echo chambers are a big issue on Twitter and, uh, you know, the way it's affected politics is a big issue. Mm, yeah, I think Twitter's tough. YouTube I like. I'm, I think YouTube is... I think maybe that's the most popular app. Um, and I think kids are doing really interesting things on there and making amazing content that's really uh, changing the whole media industry. Yeah. We are going to keep talking to Sarah and Naomi here on Badass Women's Hour XL. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. We're in the studio with Naomi Shimada and Sarah Raphael talking about their new books, Mixed Feelings, Exploring the Emotional Impact of Our Digital Habits. Ladies, if we want to use social media in a way that it makes us happy or it has a positive impact on our life, what should we be doing? I think going back to what Sarah was saying about the echo chamber, that's the cool thing we can control, right? So if something triggers you or makes you feel less than or makes you feel, you know, think less about your body or makes you feel really insecure, mute them or unfollow (laughs) them. You have that power. And, you know, find profiles that make you feel good. I think that's one of the most positive things that's happened on social media is, you know, being able to see different kinds of beauty out there. You know, that's how the whole body positive movement started or, you know, seeing different versions of black beauty for once. And like, I think it's been a big shift in how it's changed advertising because Mm -hmm. I think, you know, audiences have connected so much to seeing what real beauty posts, you know, beyond a Dove campaign from the 90s, you know? I think uh, the public were ready for more. And, you know, I think that that is when I feel really good about social media. I mean, I owe my career thanks to it. So I think doing things like that and also allowing yourself to have healthy breaks. You know, Mm. we both took a lot of time off when we wrote this book. And now we have a book to promote, so obviously (laughs) back on social media. But also, you know... I also connect and speak to people from all over the world and 
it's given me this kind of access for me to talk to other people and people to connect with me. And I think the healthy breaks have given me a chance to kind of, once again, referring back to the echo chamber, be able to question yourself, like, are these, is this how I feel about something? Mm -hmm. Or am I being told to feel this about something? Mm -hmm. And being able to just clarify and tune into what are your own thoughts and feelings about something is what the breaks have allowed me to do. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, like Twitter, it's just people shouting, right? Everyone's <laughs> shouting, and you're like, there's so many overwhelming things and feelings being said. It's really hard to kind of separate about who am I, who are all of us, what do I want, what, you know, going back to the success, the value systems. I think, you know, me and Sarah often talk about it's not just the the pressure for perfection isn't just in our work lives anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like who's going on the best holiday? Like, yeah. you know, who's eating the the most like beautifully plated meals? And you know, it's it, we're we're looking at our faces in a way that and bodies in a way that we've never looked at them before. The self objectification used to only was like a thing if you were like an actress or a model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that pressure to be so beautiful and as you know, I'm putting, you can't see me on radio, but I'm putting beautiful in air quotes because, you know, that means different things, should mean different things to all of us. But beauty has been homogenized on Instagram to look just like one way. Mm. I mean, Sarah writes a lot about beauty in the book. I have stopped taking selfies, which was mm. one positive step. And it's yeah. one of those things, I mean, the average millennial takes, will take 25,000 selfies in their lifetime, Sweet. which wow. is a lot. And it's, it's, it's become an in, a digital instinct, like something that you do if you're, you know, you know, procrastinating or you're bored, you just flip up the camera on your phone and you take a photo of yourself. Those photos always made me feel really, really bad about myself. But it's like I continued to do it, like just yeah an instinct and as I was researching for the chapter on beauty I found uh research that said that your nose looks 30 percent bigger if you hold uh your phone at a selfie distance away which what is 20 about inches bum, is that what I'm going with? <laughs> <laughs> it's me angle it's, it's all the angle yeah. about the angle but it's you know yeah so I stopped taking selfies and that actually made me feel so much better about myself just looking in the mirror and thinking Yep, fine, let's go. I than... think it's a generational thing as well, because I'm, I'm 55. We didn't have photos. <laughs> what? I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you are my new best friend. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and I think it's very much that like we didn't have access to cameras. No one had a yeah, camera. Yeah. The only time you had a camera was on holiday yeah. where you took 12 snaps. And the little yeah. wind-up one. Exactly. Yeah. And everyone and you, looks great on film. <laughs> they do. And you'd take it to the chemist and maybe they'd get developed. And there was like two or three you'd keep. Now there's this absolute overwhelming volume mm. of photographs. So, I mean, it's just, I, 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 feel, I feel concerned mm-hmm. that for, for, I've got to do something like my grandma, I feel concerned for the generation that is taking 25,000 selfies. Mm-hmm. I yeah. find that absolutely mind-blowing. And then, but it's not even the selfies, like, people take selfies, but a friend of mine, she has another app where she whitens the teeth. That's what I was going to say. It's the how they're meant to. Yeah. She, like, brings in the jaw, and I'm thinking, how have you got time to do I mean, do Facetune that? was have the most paid-for app, right? In 2017, yeah. yeah. No I, I, So I used Facetune for the first time the while writing this chapter, <laughs> and I obviously had the same, you know, poor kids these days, they're, like, using Facetune and changing everything about themselves, and then I put my image on it, and I changed my eye colour, and I made my nose smaller, and I made my lips more full, and I uh, made my... I lifted my eyebrows, I, oh I shortened gosh. the tip of my nose. The detail on the menu bar in Facetune yeah. is 
worrying. And then by the end, I looked at my picture and I thought, oh my God, who is that? I look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't, I made my skin all smooth. I could not stop looking at the photo in the week after. And I thought, of course, you know, I've created a digitally perfect version of myself. Mm. And that is what a lot of kids are posting mm. on Instagram. And I thought, well, I would never actually post that because it's, I would find it's it embarrassing because I obviously I look nothing like this. Yeah. But then I text my friends think, saying, like, the photo, saying, I think I'm, like, four surgeries away from this. <laughs> and I can still think of, I can still remember the image of beautiful digital me in my mind. And mm. that is disturbing. Like, that, that creates new insecurities. You know, people say that social media exacerbates your, your existing insecurities. But I think it creates new ones. When you Absolutely. go on FaceTune and you see all these, like, eyebrow lift, I'd never considered how, what the yeah, level of my eyebrows were. Eyebrow and then suddenly lift. I'm thinking, I don't think they're high enough. I think <laughs> they should be. I mean, what's the stats there with the nose? Yeah, oh, so yeah. the nose is, looks 30% bigger in selfies. Yeah. And then yeah, the nose tip looks 7% bigger in selfies. <laughs> oh, that like, explains so it. So you have then. a whole generation looking in distorted mirrors and then thinking, you know, and then comparing their selfies to other people's But at the same time, selfies. some people really use selfies as a tool of empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. You make, yeah. like, I'm feeling myself, I love this outfit, mm. I love this new haircut, you know? So that's why it's, the book's called Mixed Feelings, guys. Yeah. Because so, it's... I definitely have a bit of a weird relationship with the selfie thing because I grew up in a family where we were all overweight and so we never took photos because we were going to take photos when we all lost weight except that never (laughs) happened. So there are basically no photos of my family at all. And I would just stay away from a camera. I wouldn't go near it. Didn't look at myself in the mirror. I just would not have been able to tell you what I looked like. And then this selfie culture started and I was like, I'm definitely not getting involved in that because Mm -hmm. nobody wants to see my face on camera. And then I started doing it and I was like, oh, this does not look as bad as I thought it did. Yeah. And I, the more I looked at it, I was like, oh, okay. And I am really careful. Like, I don't filter because I filtered it once and I was like, this is so beautiful. I'm going to have to do it all the time. <laughs> and I was like, let's just let that, go. let it go. We can't live in that space. Um, but it really allowed me for the kind of the first time in my life to know what I looked like. And I think that is weirdly empowering. And that's mm. the best of social media, or the best of yeah. Instagram in particular. And that's happened for in a lot of marginalised communities. like And just kind of girls who... I mean, most teenage girls or most women would probably yeah. say they're not ha- completely happy with the way they look. And selfies can be really empowering. And when it works in that way, it's the best thing about social media. Mm. But there's a whole other mess yeah. of stuff around that good thing what's your prediction for social media because what what do you think is going to happen in the near future the way that we are using it at the moment uh well there's the no likes experiment which was rolled out mm-hmm. in canada um i think back in may and now it's been rolled out in six more countries mm-hmm. so i'm presuming that it will come to the uk and the us soon um but that's and just to confirm that is on instagram isn't it so you mm-hmm. can't see how many yes. likes there yeah. yeah so it will just say for instance like uh, this post was liked by Harriet Minter and Naomi Shamanda. You only yeah. see two people. Okay. But you can still count the number of likes on your own posts. So that's a bit of a, like, loop, yeah. <laughs> basically. Um, but I expect to see lots more experiments like that with social media giants taking mental health seriously. Governments mm-hmm. are putting pressure on them. Mental health charities are putting pressure on them. And hopefully they'll start prioritising their users' mental health. I think another thing that will happen is that currently all these apps are one thing like people brag about their work success they post selfies they post holidays they post um like everything about their lives there's activism there's like empowering images and communities and everything happens on all on the same feed and i think 
that you know along with influencers and shopping and all of these things so I think that will break up a bit more so that it's mm. more targeted like okay I want to go on holiday I'm going to use this app, this app of this yeah. tangent of Instagram to book my holiday and it won't be so blurred I'd much prefer that mm. do you I think, think so. it's good um so we talk a lot about Instagram now but five years ago we talked a lot about Facebook do you think we are I mean, do we even really care about Facebook anymore, or is it all about Instagram? I have that well, Facebook used to owned Instagram so long. Yeah, no, I, I can't even either. remember the last time, to be honest. Yeah. I've started seeing people posting photos on Facebook that they wouldn't post on Instagram because they use their Instagram for their Families, like yeah. professional profile. Mm. So you still get Facebook's loads of memes and like funny videos and. I think it still has a use. A lot of the older generation use use Facebook. My dad is obsessed with with Facebook. Like that's how he communicates to that. Yeah, and it's so I love seeing it through his eyes because he's like innocent in it, and he he's from Egypt, and he's found all these people that he lost touch with when he moved to England, and he finds it the most exciting, like incredible platform. And he has no, (laughs) it it is, and he and you know the younger generations. There's this other side to it that. Yeah. It's that connectivity, though, that you're so familiar with that yeah. for my generation, it's like, wow, I just literally, someone in Australia <laughs> literally just sent me a message. They've just got up. I'm going to bed. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like magic. Yeah. I mean, it is in, in one way. It kind of is, you know. Yeah. Ladies, I've got an etiquette question for you. Mm-hmm. So in the book, you talk about how the internet has changed our relationships. Uh, what? Give us some relationship etiquette. Speci- I, I mean, I it's our juiciest chapter. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the relationship things that have changed and what are some of the behaviours we should be showing on social media? I think we both we both wrote about this a lot. Um, Sarah wrote more about digital paranoia. I suffer from that a lot in relationships. What's that? It's, where where it's, are you, what are you doing with what person? <laughs> yes, it's the bar where you can see who your romantic interests, like which like that pictures bar they're liking. Yeah. You can see if they What's still follow one? their ex. You know, when you can the see side if they're bar liking. on Instagram, you can see who likes... Like it, not yeah. your like page, but if you go onto the other one, it's like who's liking. What? Oh yeah. yes, yeah. I know. Yeah. I actually don't know how to get onto that page. So I'm, I'm glad I don't. <laughs> okay. But you can, you know, in in however many years ago it would be the situation would be someone walking down the street and, su- and smiling at someone else, and if you were with your partner in that situation, you might feel anno- annoyed. Yeah. Now we can see all of these little tiny actions, and that's never happened before, and it causes all kinds of paranoia. And we can see our partners exes you know their holiday to yeah. Sharm El Sheikh in you know 2015 and, <laughs> and they were they at ate such and, a nice hotel and oh, why are we at the travel nice lodge <laughs> yeah and the tiling in their first shared flat that looked so amazing and you have access to all of this all of these images and oh, it's babe, the images we have so much to talk about we really do <laughs> we're gonna come back for a three-hour special <laughs> Sarah's talking for a friend aren't you <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean we talked I should have said, yeah. said that in the book <laughs> This chapter was written for a friend. <laughs> this was dictated to me by... Uh... Do you know what I love? That it sounds like a book that, as a, as a mum of boys in their 20s, I want to read it mm-hmm. because I want to understand their world. But it's also a book for people in that world. I think it's going to mm-hmm. be massive. We wanted to have those two audiences I love because it, yeah. there's such, there is such a disconnect and... You know, every generation has its issues, but from millennial generation down, this is the issue, yeah. and it's it's hard to it's hard to like really know about if you're just reading an article. Like, yeah. you can't get into the nitty gritty. And so, like, all these tiny actions that people do on social media have a huge impact 
yeah. and it can ruin your day. And like understanding that is important. Uh, final etiquette question for you. I was seeing someone and then we stopped seeing each other. <laughs> and within 30 seconds of me saying we're no longer seeing each other, they the unfollowed me on Instagram. <gasps> oh my God. I mean, it's rude, isn't what? it? Yeah. It's rude. rude. It's like at least a 48 hour wait. At least. Not yes. more. And as well, you don't have to unfollow people anyway. You can just can mute, you just them. mute them. them. I mean, we, we talk a lot about this and um, we want to, br- we want to talk properly about what breakups even mean in the digital age, right? Because, Sometimes They're you want people gone. to die a digital death, you know? <laughs> like, you don't want to see them anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. want to know what they're eating for breakfast, who yeah. they're hanging out with. And it's it's at the tip of our fingers. <laughs> we, You know, even when you're actively trying not to engage and trying not to know, if you wanted to, you can. Oh, definitely. So I think that's where it gets really complicated, and that's why heartbreak can be even so much longer now, because... Gosh, yeah. They're just everywhere. <laughs> they are everywhere, <laughs> goddamn them. Uh, mixed feelings, exploring the emotional impact of our digital habits. Naomi Shimada, I'm sorry, Raphael. It's out now. Go buy it. It is fantastic. Ladies, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming in and joining Thank us. Thank you so Thank much you for, for having, having us. One, two, three, four. This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.